You're listening to the Charge Forward audio blog by Chargebacks 911, bringing you the latest in payments and fraud. To learn more about how Chargebacks 911 can help you reduce chargebacks and recover revenue lost to fraud, visit us online at chargebacks911.com. This episode is from an earlier interview with Monica Eaton Cardone, the COO at Chargebacks 911. I'm speaking with Monica Eaton, CIO of Chargebacks 911 an evangelist for the technology industry, but specifically for women in technology. We're going to be exploring the essence of Chargebacks 911, what led Monica into the technology world, and her thoughts on how to bring more women into this industry. Welcome to HOT, Monica. Thank you very much for having me. Your co-founder and CIO of Chargebacks 911, the essence of what that company represents and the size? So the parent company is Global Risk Technologies, and we have about 350 employees worldwide. We provide a service to merchants who sell products and services online or have card-not-present transactions. Essentially what we do is we mediate and we process documents to help them really mitigate and avoid liabilities and revenue loss from chargeback disputes. And chargebacks can be the undoing of many businesses. We'll come back to that in just a few minutes. Looking at your background, you're in technology, you're the CIO of a fairly significant enterprise with reach across a wide geography. Your background is not typical of someone in the IT field. How did you come to be engaged in IT? It was pretty much by accident. I'll tell you, I've always been a person who's been interested in solving problems, probably somewhat resourceful, and I've spent about 20 years in the service industry creating campaigns, developing retention modules, predictive modeling for several Fortune 500 companies, and then went on to help develop a VoIP platform to connect various call centers for some quality control aspects. In doing so, it gave me the experience and insight to the exciting industry of direct response. After retiring from that business, then I got into direct response as a merchant myself, thinking very naively that the only barrier to success would be acquiring customers. And I thought, you know, the online environment, which is something I hadn't had any experience in before, would be a great place to start. You know, you read all of these ads. It's very easy. You basically put up a website and all of a sudden you get sales. And little did I know, after a couple of years of consistent trial and error, I finally figured out how to get sales. And then I got hit with all of these processing woes from left, right, and center. I was exposed and learned a very, very expensive education about affiliate fraud. I learned what chargebacks were. Essentially, in our quest to figure out how to solve this problem, We tried numerous solutions, and at the end of the day, finally just went back to my roots and said, you know, let's take this problem apart, figure out what we have learned from our own mistakes, and start building some predictive modeling to anticipate it and prevent it in the future. Little did I know, there was actually other merchants that had the same problem. (laughs) Lo and behold, I really did think that we were the only ones that suffered from chargeback issues and It's a very ambiguous issue. Shortly after we created the product, I was contacted by our processors and banks to help several of their clients, and the rest is history. We ended up creating Chargebacks 911 as a result of the demand that we had, and by accident, 
completely dove in to this entire niche, and now we're working with different banks and really expanding on a worldwide front. It's very exciting. Now, as an employer, and you indicated that there are some 350 people, you have a robust and probably growing IT team. You hire talented people. You run into a situation where there are not many women that are candidates for a variety of reasons. Am I putting words in your mouth with that? Well, to tell you the truth, I don't run into very many women who are interested in IT. I guess the primary reason is that there's not more women in the technology field. I think it really boils down to the fact that a lot of women don't see this as a field that they could have that would be interesting or something that they would be good at. Maybe they don't believe that it would have a natural team dynamic that they would fit in and, and make a good fit. I can say from my own experience, absolutely the reverse is true. The technology industry today is afforded with terrific flexibility, which really dovetails into a lot of the goals that women inherently will adopt in their growth and creating families and being interested in fulfilling larger purposes. I also think there's a significant amount of different new and evolving technologies that really cater well to the creative sense. And it's interesting, you look at how many women are interior designers. Most of the interior designers I would probably count on are women. How many men are interior designers? Not very many. <laughs> Interestingly enough, probably a very similar skill set is required. You have to look at a space. Only in technology, you're looking at things a little bit different. You're solving problems with being resourceful, being creative, thinking out of the box. It's a very similar type of interest, but I think the perception in that it's very, very different it has just worked into becoming a reality. There's a variety of factors that you can cite for the disparity in women becoming intrigued with technology. Taking aside the cultural aspects and the social aspects, nerds typically are not female. The expectations of women in general are different. Some of that comes from within the community of women, doesn't it? Right. And there, I would agree with you 100%. It's going to take a little bit of time. I mean, if you go back in the 20s, per se, um, you would find probably most women were secretaries. And that was the role. That was the tradition. Times change and different challenges come up. And then we start to evolve our process. If you look at what the role is of traditionally that have been formed for women versus men, the boundaries are starting to merge into each other a little bit, where it's not as well-defined as it used to be. The world is changing. We have the digital age is taking over and really adding so much momentum to our lives today that it's challenging all of us to think outside the box and reach for things that are new. Now, something that I will say that is probably not appealing to women and would discourage them initially from pursuing technology is you think, well, I'm going to be working in an environment that maybe I wouldn't be as welcome in, or I'm going to be working in something that there's just a bunch of geeks in front of a computer and that is not me. <laughs> that is the perception. That is not the reality. IT is actually a very, very exciting, creative, extremely fulfilling work. It's extremely satisfying on many levels because you have the ability to solve problems and it's a continuously changing and challenging environment. There's a lack of understanding 
In fact, there was a study published, I think it was in the Harvard Business Review, where a bunch of teenagers, I think like around 16, they were making decisions as to what they were going to study in college. Women, by and large, did not choose any field that had to do with technology, engineering, math, science. These are called the STEM fields. All of the boys that had also participated in the study, the majority, of course, chose this field traditionally. The interesting thing is, after the initial choices were selected, the same group of individuals, and these women specifically, were given more training and more understanding as to the income that they would be able to make, the contribution that they would be able to achieve by studying a field in one of these areas to society as a whole, and for the flexibility or pursuing an industry like this would afford them. When they took the survey a second time, an overwhelming 50% more, I think it ended up being nearly 63% of these women then chose that they would, in fact, be interested in pursuing a field in technology. So I think that study does a great job of helping to illustrate some of the disparity between just really defining what is technology, because it's changing. It's not a guy sitting in his garage that is isolated from the rest of the world. That's not really what this industry is. It gives you access to an entire society. You have a voice. You have the ability to be creative. You get to work with amazing teams. And when it comes to technology, with the digital age, then you actually have the opportunity, like no other industry, to work with a global environment right at your fingertips and the ability to really help influence change if you really pursue this career. And I think if women were educated about that more and we promoted more about these philosophies, that team dynamic would change a bit and they would start to see themselves as participating in something that is more of a creative venue as opposed to the perception, well, this is a group that I don't belong in. Now, we have role models, yourself, there's Carly Fiorina, Ginny Rometti from IBM. All of these are spectacular success stories in terms of having broken the barrier, made a contribution, and most of all, being recognized for the role and the position in the technology industry. What more is required, or are the names like... Monica Eaton and Carly Fiorina still not heard in the same intensity by girls and young women? Yeah, they're not heard. They're not heard. If you have a daughter or even a son and you say, you know, what do you think of when you think about pursuing a career in technology? They're not thinking, wow, this is something that is going to be creative. It's something that is going to be challenging. It's something that's going to give me the ability to excel in ways that I've never thought of. It's going to give me flexibility, which should be a major selling point with women. One of the major reasons that women will change a career path or not continue on a career path is because they lack the flexibility to adopt to their changing roles with their family. Technology with the flexibility and the digital aid and how quickly evolving it is presents a unique opportunity to allow women to operate extremely efficient and really be able to take advantage of even remote work and pursuing a career so they can have more, not less. You have employees in other places. How is your distribution of women in other parts of the world in comparison to the USA, technical women? Technical women, 
We don't have very many. I mean, I'll tell you, our statistic is just the same as any other company. If I place an ad for a technical role, it is extremely rare that I have one single woman that has a resume that applies. The interest doesn't seem to be there. If you contrast that with placing the same kind of ad for the position in Poland or perhaps in India or China, response would be probably a little bit more skewed towards a mix, wouldn't you expect? We'd probably have more applicants in India that are women, even though the job market is quite skewed, even more so in the U.S. But the interesting thing is we would have more applicants, but the end result, the majority is men. We work for compensation, and in this day and age, it's outrageous to even suggest that there was pay inequality. Yes, I think that's published worldwide, that there is a pay inequality specifically related to technology jobs. If I were to look at job curves and the pay scales for companies like Oracle and IBM, there is no differentiation between the gender of the employees. So where does this pay disparity creep in? Well, I think you're going to find it in more of the small and medium-sized businesses where they don't have the, the political influence as much. And, you know, in some cases, it's not really a black and white issue. I will say from being an employer, at the end of the day, the people who make the most money are the ones that are producing the most value for the company. I think one weakness that women typically may have in IT is that they don't get a sponsor at that company. They don't have somebody who is echoing the fact that, hey, this person just coded this site, look how great it is, where men because there already is an interest they already have a competence level in this niche it's kind of the adage is look you can't just count on someone to see what you're doing you still have to be willing to promote yourself doing a good job unfortunately it's not enough anymore you have to do a good job you have to make sure that others know that you're doing a good job and actually you have to do a better job and you have to continuously do better and that means as a woman that may mean developing thicker skin promoting yourself, not waiting for someone else to jump on your bandwagon and making it well known of what you're doing. Any company owners or entrepreneurs for a small and medium-sized businesses, just like enterprise level, at the end of the day, the interest is aligned with production and valuable contributions. You are really critical for what has led to some of the inequality in pay. Some of that may just be due to the fact that less women are likely to stand up and have a voice to promote themselves. And that's taking a back seat. That's not really a good method. You have to take responsibility for yourself and not sit in the back and consider that you'll get a raise because someone is seeing what you're doing, especially when you're looking at creating new interest and viability an area that had a different perception attached. This is a very complex area, Monica, and I appreciate your insights and your reasoning. I'm a believer in the forces of the market. If women represent the single biggest underutilized resource in the world, what is it going to take to boost management's awareness? Women can only do so much in promoting themselves, in making sure that they work harder than their male peers. What does management need to do to open their eyes, to wake up? Well, I think if we can tackle, if we can motivate younger women to take more interest by educating them about some of the opportunities that are here, another great thing, 
as owners of companies to take more interest in really grooming team dynamics so that there are equal opportunities, the production targets are outlined, and there's clear delineation. And then in many companies, which I think especially the larger companies have done an excellent job of providing mentor programs. I think that's extremely effective and really just encouraging. If you look at any company is going to grow based on the quality of people that they have, and that's a tremendous investment for any company. The human intelligence is very, very important and a vital asset. So to the extent that you can continue to challenge maybe what you thought that was the best a couple months ago, if you have a new perspective and a new angle, that could be what you need to get to the next step. And I think the technology has been a fascinating tool for forcing us to notice all the voids and gaps and recognize that those weaknesses present new opportunities for growth. And when it comes to a business owner, some of the voids where if you have a team that and you could introduce a woman, perhaps she's going to have a different perspective, a different take on things, a different angle. Look for those types of opportunities in order to have a more well-rounded view. And maybe we'll find that there's different insight, new envisioned ways of creating efficiency, especially when you consider so many of our technology products today are devised and developed for the consumer or women are controlling the purse strings of this. So logic would suggest that that would actually be a smart, a wise decision in many respects. There's the name Ellen Powell, which has been in the news. She's one of the brightest people that has worked in Silicon Valley, one of the biggest firms and the most successful firms in the venture capital field, Kleiner Perkins. She is in the headlines for the simple reason that she believes that she was the victim of sexual discrimination. Her comments recently indicate her lack of confidence, her pessimism over the ability, even if her case were to go to trial, of changing any of the attitudes towards women. Is it that dire? Is it that hopeless in the higher echelons of industry? No, I, I would not. I I wouldn't really agree with that. I tend to be an an optimist. However, <laughs> you know, uh, I think I I don't think that you get anywhere for focusing on negative. I think you you make progress only when you recognize, um, you know, different strengths and actually. Ex- building up on those strengths, you're going to find something negative in probably every environment if you look hard enough. Um, it's very unfortunate. Uh, and But, you know, if I were to say, hey, do I, or if I were to be asked, do I think that the, the problem with women uh, equality is this due to um, sexism or, you know, inner office abuse, or is it due to not enough women really being interested, I would probably say it's the interest. Um, and if we focused our effort on getting, promoting the fact that this is a very viable field for women to be interested in and educating uh, women that, you know, some of, some of the, the terrific benefits in working in this field, then I think we would see that that opportunity Um, transition would correct itself. So parents, teachers, 
social forces need to be all changed in their thinking to create this sense of awareness and excitement to get women into the appropriate role. And we'll leave that for another discussion. Your loud voice, your insights, and your very strong message, Monica, are appreciated by our audience. We look forward to further discussions with you on Money Radio. Thank you so much. Monica Cardone. Your website? www.chargebacks911.com.